Hello, and welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Uh, we we have a a uh, ramble cast request um, from from one of our patrons. Uh, it's a question. been a while since we've done that. Yeah, yeah, it's still like I don't know if you if you throw it out and we think it's interesting, we might we might go for it. <clears throat> Um, really, really helps if you're a patron, honestly, because they come through Discord. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Easier to keep track of. Um, okay, so, uh, the, the question is, if we, if we were an, an Animorph team, uh, I'm interpreting this a little bit, if we were an Animorph team and we, we, between us, could turn into one land creature, one air creature, and one aquatic creature at will. Uh, which three animals would it be? And I guess we also have to figure out who is which. Who gets which domain? Yes, who who rules which, uh, which theater. Hmm. I'll take the scraps. I'm not picky. If either of you two have strong opinions. Um, I mean, my, my first instinct says I want to be an octopus. Um... But that is like, hmm. Are we going by like strict animal rules, where like if I'm an octopus or some kind of other fish, because they're because they are they're all fish down there. Um, what uh, like I can't I can't breathe air. It's not like like fun cartoon logic, where like it's the air one the bird can like carry me through the air and it's cool. I mean, it would be cool for a time. Yeah, okay, you'd have a short period of time. But like yeah, I do, I do have to abide. Like we all have to abide by like the real world restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we are in animal form, we are stuck with animal. Also, restrictions. do you want to clarify? Because I did just look it up. Animorphs got their powers from any animal that they touched. So you do have to touch an octopus first. That's fine. Not a deal breaker. I mean, it. I should specify. It depends on what kind of octopus, because mm-hmm. some of those are are very very bad to touch. Yeah. Um, and some of those are fine. The you thing want to be like an inking octopus or a blanket octopus? I, mean, I want to be a mimic octopus. Oh, that's a good one. Really? And I don't think those are uh, poisonous or venomous to touch. Like, a blue-ringed octopus seems useful, but that is, that is also a much more dangerous acquisition. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Which Karma. is kind of an kind of... issue, because, like, a lot of the cool animals, like... Tough, tough to get in there and get get like a belly rub off on them. It's gotta be quick for some. Quick nap. Yeah, I'm I'm like torn between efficiency, adventure, and cuddliness. Land or sky first. Yeah, Gordy took out the the sea, so that takes out adventurous, which is fine. Um, so sky would be if I wanted to go for efficient living, because I could get places real fast. Mm-hmm. What, and then what land bird lets you me touch? be cuddly. If I were to do sky, I'd be a kestrel. How are you getting your hands on one? Um, I'm going to say that I would like to be an apprentice falconer, because they're one of the two birds that you can uh, fly as an apprentice falconer in, in Georgia. There you go. Easy enough. Yeah, there being the red-tailed hawk. I got it all planned out. <laughs> Clearly. You've just been you waiting to... for those aliens to come give you Animorph powers. So ready. I think that's uh, how it happened. I only land? vaguely remember the books. I didn't read them because I was a pretentious child. 
Yeah, I, I uh, dipped my toes into Animorphs. Not, not much. We're going to be within walking distance of a library soon, so I might, like, go check them out. They, I'm sure there'll be a quick read at this point. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, like, I, I could spend an afternoon and tear through the series currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, Land Animal would be a tougher choice for me. It would be some kind of cat, maybe, serval type. Because um, I, I want a cuddly existence. You have to choose. Land or sky. And you're you're set on the dregs? Yep. Whatever that may be. I, I will take whatever remains. Uh, I'm going to go for efficiency. I'll be a Kestrel. Okay. I'm going to be a giraffe so I can keep an eye on the Wimbus, too. <laughs> Just sort of what top to your, bottom. What were your backups, Tyler? Uh, for air? Yeah. Uh, penguin with jetpack. That seems pretty good, yeah. Did you have a water backup, or had you not thought of it before Gordy claimed Mimic Octopus? Penguin with jetpack. <laughs> it's really... Boy, it's versatile. That, penguin with jetpack is really good for all three of yeah, them. Yeah, Penguin that with is... jetpack was my fucking cheat answer to get all three domains. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah, do want to keep mean, an eye on the Wimpus. I mean, I so, guess... Mm. So we have... We have now an Animorphs team, and I look. It's been a long time, and I never read the books, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. Even if it hadn't been a long time, what did the Animorphs do? Like, why, why alien give power? That's an even harder question. There were bad aliens, I think, and only so animals. So transformer could stop situation, but with animals instead of robots. I think there were bugs that went in people's ears. That seems bad. It does. Let me look this no, up. No, thank you. I'm going to Google so, Animorphs bugs in ears. <laughs> <laughs> so our our Animorphs team, and, and while you're Googling Animorphs, Tyler, if you uh-huh. could also like check in on what other Animorphs teams were, like what the team comp was of I mean, most Animorphs, because I want to know... They, they could do any animal. They were not... Um, subject to just being the one they just had to touch another animal but there what? was there was the restriction that if they stayed the animal for too long it became permanent and then i yes. would touch every animal that did happen got... to a boy who became a hawk i think yeah it did okay. yes that sounds great mm. <laughs> it sounds like you could an awesome retirement plan like i would touch every animal i fucking could you... i would spend my life <laughs> switching between animals at all times I would probably ignore the bug in the ear problem. Sorry, world. I'm not a hero. I just want to be a kitty. They are Yerks or Yerks? It is Y-E-E-R-K. Great. Yerks. They are a parasite species of slug-like creatures who require host bodies to see, walk, and verbally communicate. They have made it their mission to search the galaxy and enslave other species. They are the main antagonists of the Animorph series. How animal fixed that? Uh, eat them out of ears. How how does a tiger fix that? Just a long, a long it, little tongue it that like slips in at there. At that point, every animorph needs to be an, an anteater. anteater. Yes. <laughs> got, that, got that specialized tongue for getting in the ears real good. Let me hit you with some uh, information from the wiki. Okay. Yeah. Just some stats on the side here. Okay. Species information includes homeworld, yerk homeworld, eyes Great. none, hair none, skin greenish gray, number of limbs four, 
Why, Special why attributes, <laughs> sentient, parasitic. This reads, this reads like like a galactic driver's license. I mean, that's what it is. It's just the stats on the side of the wiki page. But the, not, the behind the scenes is what got me because yeah. their, their first appearance is the Hork Bajir Chronicles chronologically, or the Invasion by publication, and their last appearance is called the Beginning. Which what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to spend an afternoon in uh, the <laughs> section of the library just, like, catching up on the culture I missed in my childhood. Next week, you need to read an Animorphs book to us and pretend it's folklore. <laughs> so we can figure this out. Damn copyright law. <laughs> Disney got us again. If, and I don't know if that one is Disney's fault, but, I mean, it is, though. They have to own it, right? I mean, they... they, Do they own Scholastic? They goofed up copyright law for everybody, so it's, so it's, you know. Who knows what Disney owns? Got, like, a an underground network of all media. The covers of the books are maybe the best part. That middle transformation part's pretty good. I did look at them a lot as a kid. Sure. Like, I'd stare at the covers and be like, this is a person turning into an animal. This is everything I want, but the cool kids like it, so I have to hate it, and then I'd wistfully put it back. <laughs> what are megamorphs? Can they turn into dinosaurs? I can't go down this rabbit hole right now. <laughs> Too, I just too wanted to, to do, know, like, to what our team comp of giraffe, mimic octopus, and kestrel uh, would be able to serve in this great battle. Like, how well would we do? Terrible. I mean, it depends on the matchup, doesn't it? Are we are we fighting um, the octopus and giraffe, like, and the other one, the kestrel's, like, natural prey? We're fighting people with bugs in their ears. Oh, that's harder. Yeah, yeah. a giraffe's natural play, prey is plant. So are they are they in the ocean? Sometimes. Because if, if they are, I think I could escape from them. If they want to do a <laughs> swim, with my skill set, I could certainly. Yeah, I could definitely like escape. And being an anamorph is a get out of jail free card. You can have all kinds of fun as different animals, but like when rent starts getting too high, you just choose your favorite one to be, <laughs> and then you just stay that way. And you never pay rent again. You want to be someone's golden retriever? Bam! You have that power. Yeah, I was gonna you say you you do need to pick something that doesn't need to survive on its own, probably. <laughs> like right, you turn you turn into like a cat or a dog, like in a room with a note that just says "Come at me." Like, like, come come at me with your late fees. Like, a 40-year-old lion surviving on the savannah is not retirement. No, that is probably a recipe for But what if you go to a zoo? (laughs) Well, then you're fine. You could be a rad animal in a zoo. Tyler, you could retire as a giraffe, and at Zoo Atlanta, people pay to feed you. That's pretty good. That's the opposite of what it is right now. (laughs) Giraffes have it good. They get to touch the wimbus, tips of the wimbus with their little horns. People really, line up to feed them. Yeah, really, really run free and um, get eaten by lions, probably. What eats giraffes? 
lions, but like only occasionally because the giraffes have a lot to take down. And they can see from far away because they're basically periscopes. Is the neck good? <laughs> oh, you think the neck's got good meat in it? I'm wondering. It seems like I wonder it'd be if bad. it's like it's probably pretty muscly, right? To like stay up and yeah. Do you think they have like neck pain? Probably. I mean, I mean, a lot of them is neck. It's gotta. It's gotta be neck pain. Things that don't have necks like that get neck pain. I have neck pain right now. Imagine if it was 20 feet longer. <laughs> Maybe you don't, like, feel as much below the neck. I'm not at all. No. My understanding is that sometimes signals from the feet take longer to get to the brain when you are at all. Correct. I know, like, snakes and stuff, as they get longer, signals from the tail take a longer time. Wasn't there, was there like a kid's book about this? Animorphs. Maybe. No, wait, no, it was, uh, it was in, it was in a Dr. Seuss book where like a thing, uh, there was like a thing with a really long tail and it would like bite, bite its own tail at night and it, it would take so long. Star-bellied sneetches. No, it wasn't the sneetches, but it, it, it essentially acted as its own alarm clock because it would like bite its tail and the tail was so long that the signal would take like eight hours I can't to imagine to Dr. Brain. Seuss writing something about a creature being its own alarm clock. <laughs> you can't? That's That sounds like a phantom toll booth kind of thing, but it, not a Dr. Seuss thing. It's a, I think it's a Dr. Seuss thing. I'm going to try to find it. Maybe it's from that book I'm that I'm trying to figure finish. out how he'd rhyme that in a whimsical way. <laughs> Tyler, you also had something you wanted to talk about. Something very important. All right. We have to talk about that fucking dog pack that you bought for a dollar. Yes, we do. At the Dollar Tree, because it's all I've thought about for the past couple days. So the Dollar Tree has movies, sometimes. Uh, quick, quick, quick update. Uh, it is from Dr. Seuss's sleep book. That's not real. It's, that's a dream you had. No, it's a real book. Why did nobody read, like, nobody's read this, and nobody read On Beyond Zebra, apparently. Yeah, no. What? No. These are good books. Go go look up those two, at least. Those are, They're from those the are, other Berenstain universe. Those are good books. So, yeah. So, Gordy, are you aware that Dollar's Tree has movies occasionally? One dollar DVDs? I am aware of this. Freshly packaged. Most of them very religious. Uh, but as I was, like, walking through it, I noticed on the top an old friend of ours. Dogs. The Three Dogateers Save Christmas was just sitting perched yes. on the top of the DVD pile calling to me. Yes. Because we don't actually own it, but now we do for a dollar. <laughs> so that a led good, me to dig buy. deeper through the many, like, religious and, like, workout DVDs that were in there. To find one of two other, like, they were two of the same, but there are only two of them. Three mm -hmm. pack dog movie. Yes. DVD. Three different they... dog movies in one package. Which three dog, uh, dog movies? Dog Gone, starring French Stewart. <laughs> yes. French Stewart getting work. Good. Karate Dog, starring Great. John Voight. Wow. John, John Voight as the dog? No, he's the villain and he karate fights a dog. Cool. Yeah, we haven't watched that one yet. Okay, very cool. That I've seems seen, good. I've seen scenes of it on the internet. That's the only way I know about it. I like that, Tyler, you go into your room by yourself. And I look at after, dogs. <laughs> after we have watched terrible dog movies from our rather extensive collection of them. 
And you look up more. I look at dogs karate fighting, CG elite. But the third one is called Angel Dog. Yeah. This movie would cause problems if you were a parent who saw a three-pack dog movie at the dollar store and thought, I'll just put this in front of my child and get a couple minutes with mommy wine in the bathtub. The decision to put this film on this pack is still baffling me. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. How this happened. How it happened is no one watched these movies and they just saw... Right, they saw Dog in the title and they just fucking clicked copy-paste. The rights were cheap as hell. But, like, those other two are... They have CG in them. They're goofy fuck-em-ups with, like, Home Alone traps and French Stewart being a kingpin. Right. For diamonds that he put in a dog inside he put inside the diamonds dog. in the dog to carry them which part now, of the dog the, the, the part that has part. yeah the part that has storage and which like, okay I abdominal think abdominal cavity oh like so like cut open a dog yeah yeah like like partway oh. through the film the boy is petting this random dog that he found with the like with a diamond collar that turns out to be sneaky fake diamonds and while he's petting the dog, he notices on its belly a scar. And he's like, well, how? what's this from? It turns uh, out it dog. was diamonds, and the dog was dying of diamond poisoning. That's <laughs> pretty grim for a kid's movie. So the- and they get to the vet. Like, the madman of the mountain helps carry the dog down closer to the vet. And then there's, like, a lot of waiting around before dog actually makes it to the vet. And boy's waiting in the waiting room. And the doctor brings him back to the back of the vet. And while they're doing that, there's, like, a dog that looks a lot like this dog lying still on a table. It's very clearly breathing while they pull a blanket over its head. And the music and is very sad. It's like, this dog is definitely dead. You know what this means, children. And then the man's like, no, this is your dog. That, that's not your dog. Your dog's that one's over here. Yeah, that one's someone's el- someone else's dead dog that you can still be sad about because a dog is dead. Did we talk about this movie another time? No, I we no, just watched, we it, just watched it. I swear I remember this. We we watched a movie where a dog had its blood removed. Maybe that's it. That might did it be also did it also have French Stewart in it? No. Okay. But it did have a French Stewart like man. Okay. So we, we watched that, and that was all good fun with its cool switcheroo, dead dog, not dead dog thing. Gordy, um, what do you think Angel Dog is about before we get into it? Uh, is, is, it a, is it a dead dog that has a chance to come back and be like a guardian angel for a kid or something? Like a fun, goofy, you know, this dog dies and comes back and has to learn a dog lesson, maybe talks kind of thing? I mean, the way you say that makes me think it's like Alita Battle Angel or something. <laughs> like a live action, all dogs go to heaven. Uh, by the title, and and I, I feel like this is going to be really wrong, but like, yeah, that's what I would expect. If yes, I that's if what I weren't we were like, also if expecting. I weren't like teed up to not expect it, that is why yeah. I clicked it on the DVD. Yeah, because I wanted to see a no budget live action remake of All Dogs Go to Heaven, skirting the copyright lines. That's what I signed up for. Huh? The opening scene of this movie is a man losing his entire family in a car accident, like a gruesome car accident. Nice. The car flips over and everybody dies except the dog. Okay. 
and the what? man is left alone because he didn't go on the trip with them because he's a workaholic. Cool. The following scenes are this man, like, dead-faced, trudging through his now-empty home, staring at pictures, remembering his family, and then curling into a ball on the ground in the fetal position and crying. Nice. That's how it opens. Pretty That's pretty the good beginning start. of Angel Dog. <laughs> pretty good start. And then, then they cut to a vet's office. Yeah. Where the dog is, like, hanging out. <clears throat> the man's been told he can go pick up the dog tomorrow, you know, when you're over your dead family. Um, and the vet is, like, petting the dog. He's like, this dog looks like it's it's sad. It knows its owners abandoned it. <laughs> and they're, like, hounding. They, they cut between this man going deadpan through his, his life, like, sleeping on the couch. Falling and, apart. Yeah, just having a real bad time of it. And these vets, like, calling him constantly, like, pick up your dog. We're going to euthanize it if you don't come pick it up. And, like, complaining about how he's abandoned his dog. And we're thinking, what heartless people. Because surely they would know what happened. Because the police dropped off the dog at the vet. Yeah. But the police officer just said the dog was in some kind of accident. And that was all that he said about it. Not like three other people died. But the dog survived. So that's that's to set up the vet feeling bad for hounding this man about not picking up his dog for five whole days after losing his entire family. They, like, they show the man going to the funeral for his family, and the vet is still calling him, leaving him messages about how he has to come pick up his dog. He hasn't this even like put his first... family in the ground yet. <laughs> it's like the first 20 minutes of the film is this like push pull about pick up your dog my whole family's dead this is a movie for kids <laughs> yeah i mean you gotta you gotta get the dog you can you can leave the family around for a bit right <laughs> they're not going anywhere <clears throat> and it also occasionally cuts to the same vet who's hounding this this widower about his abandoned dog going to visit her mom and changing her mom's cat's litter box because her mom is like ailing in, in a nursing a home, home. Um, and just like every time she visits the mom, she's hounding her about how she couldn't get over dad abandoning them and how she was a terrible mom because of that. Mm. Like every time, every time. This is a kid's movie. The mom eventually dies and the vet's last words to her mom are, why couldn't you get over him for me? Oof. And the mom says, I'm sorry. And that's the last scene we see with them together before the mom is just dead. Pretty juicy. That's their last um, interaction. Is there, is there a market for this kind of movie that's like, hey, it looks like it should be a fun kids movie, but actually it's like pretty fucked up? Gordy, it's me. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> because I, know I was that, enthralled. I know that you at least are a market for this. Is it? I mean boy i wish i could get like data into this movie's uh sales and and downloads and streams and stuff but like who who else who else is out there that needs this is this is this replicable is my question who who else is out there who's going to emotionally identify with this abusive vet character she is nasty to her mom the whole time the man has to when he finally picks up the dog um, the dog won't go in the car because it just survived like a horrifying car accident um, and has seen some shit mm-hmm. but then he spends like a good portion of the movie teaching the dog to get back in the car while the entire vet's office 
watches, ignoring their other patients. The office grinds to a halt to watch this man put a dog in a car. <laughs> For weeks. And this lady's going back to her mom and telling her, like, the dog just kept at it. it. It had survived something traumatic, but it kept trying and it got in the car. Why couldn't you do that? Why couldn't you be like the random dog from my workplace? <laughs> <laughs> Also, at the 11th hour of this movie, like the third fucking act, it is introduced conceptually that this dog is supernatural. Uh huh. I don't know if the dog is dead. It has, it has powers. Well, like six months after, like the, one of the flashbacks early on, while the man was mourning his entire dead family, was about how they had just found the dog, like day day or two before right they, they had just taken the, the dog in um so it wasn't even like it wasn't technically his dog it was a dog that they had just found right. and were trying to find a home for um six months later someone posts in the paper hey have you have you guys like seen our dog and it is the, it's clearly the same dog so the two of us watching it are like what are you doing that you have waited six months to find out where this dog is? Like, what is what is taking priority? Right, like, Christmas and a funeral have happened in this movie, and now there's a wanted poster for this dog. Christmas happened by interspersing a couple lines from the Jingle Bells jingle into the main theme of the soundtrack. And also it's so they So they waited six months, remembered they had a dog, was like, oh yeah, I guess like, I guess we want this dog back. Yeah. So this man goes to return this dog to them uh, and they, his <laughs> it's like a ranch with horses and stuff and he sees his dead family on their refrigerator and he's like, hey, why do you have my family on your refrigerator? And the old man's just like, well, these are folks who came and rode horses one time, and we took pictures of them, and we just keep them on the fridge for fucking whatever reason. <laughs> we all give them to the family, because you've never seen these. They're for these us. For us. <laughs> <laughs> They're ours now. And he also says that, I forget what terrible thing happened to him. It was like their, their grandson was visiting, and something about a river, and death, and yeah. badness. Somebody had died. And so the dog showed up and comforted them right after mm -hmm. their traumatic incident and then ran away and comforted this man after his traumatic incident. So abusive vet thinks dog is angel dog who helps people. Who just goes from house to house being a comfort. Then her mom dies. She's sad for exactly a scene and is otherwise just like hanging out in her bed, which is where she hung out for Christmas. Like she was in her bed on Christmas <laughs> Day calling someone else saying, hey, can you clean out my mom's litter box? What? It's holidays. And she's just sitting in her bed with her dog eating marshmallows. No. Like she's the worst human being I've ever seen. I hate she's it. not sad about her mom so much as she's sad about she didn't get into the pants of this widower. And the dog shows up at her house to get the two of them together, I guess. And then the dog leaves at the end to go help somebody else. And the man buys a puppy who looks like the dog. Because that's how you deal with things, is by replacing your family with a psychopath and a puppy. Yes. What I'm saying the is end. everybody listening to this, go buy a copy of Angel Dog so we get Angel Dog 2! Happily ever after. happily ever after.